Welcome back to PHM Experience, the podcast. This is a production of Powerhouse Ministries in Smyrna, Delaware, and we are going to be bringing you weekly sermons and our midweek services, as well as podcasts and interviews that we think are going to empower and enrich your life. When you're done listening, feel free to share with someone else, because you never know what impact the word may make. Be blessed. topic today, a new and living way. Amen. Say that with me, a new and living way. A new and living way. Amen. A new and living way. Got a little background scriptures we want to share with you, and we're going to take our time and read them for you because I believe you need to hear them. Um, It's important that you understand that this Christ that we live for and serve, many people do not understand the significance of his sacrifice and what he went through and what he was willing to do so that we could be in God and with Christ. You must understand that because of the fallen of Adam and Eve in the garden, it was a separation between human, humankind, mankind, and God. And so because of that divide, that separation, and I mean, many of us have had relationships, amen, that have been broken, have been divided over an action or, um, or an unaction of another person or betrayal of some kind. And sometimes that riff is seemingly can never be corrected that, you know, I'll forgive you, but it'll, it'll never be the same again. You know what I'm saying? When someone breaks that trust, that, 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 that love, that, 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 that togetherness, that, that wherewithal between two people, many times, you know, can you please forgive me? But, you know, it's important you have to understand that when Adam and Eve broke that trust with God, broke sin against God, it was a breach that happened between God and man. And, and as important as that is, um, human-wise, when people have a breach between relationships with us, sometimes, you know, we literally can't forgive that person to the place where we can have a functional relationship with them ever again. You know, you might wave at them from a distance, but the, you know, the intimacies, the, the sharings, the, the, the transparency, all that's gone when that, that trust is broken. You know, um, you may have a, a surface conversation with them, but never in heart conversation with them, especially if they divulge intimate details about something, amen, that calls an embarrassment unto you. I'll never tell you nothing else. <laughs> amen. And so think about it, how God walked in the cool of the day with Adam and um, exp- shared his intimacies with him and shared his glory with him uh, to the place where Adam and Eve, wasn't, they weren't even wearing clothes, that the glory of God was covering them in such a way that they didn't even recognize their nakedness. Amen. But then the breach comes in, the trespass comes in, and all of a sudden they now recognize their nakedness and find some kind of way to cover themselves up because of the embarrassment. Ah, oh, my God. It's, it's a relationship that has been broken and that has been separated and marred and glory to God. But yet God loved the humankind to such an extent, amen, that he, you know, Jesus looks and says, I cannot stand man, God, not being, walking together again. So I'm going to pay 
a price, amen, that they can mend their relationship back and be able to be one with each other again. Man, that's love right there. It's love right there. And many of you in the natural have had to swallow, had to, amen, forgive, had to uh, allow that person back into a vulnerable area into your life to be able to reestablish that relationship. And it's painful to do, but to, but the love is greater. I mean, love becomes greater than the pain. You put yourself in that position. And so God has put himself in that position again, that he may have the opportunity to be loved and love mankind. Oh, glory to God. Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Let's just read some background here. The Bible says, for the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshipers once purged should have no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sin every year. It is so not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Mm. Fifth verse, wherefore when he cometh into the world, he saith sacrifice in offerings thou wouldest not. But a body hast thou prepared, and burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book, <laughs> glory to God, written of me to do thy will, O God. Above when he said sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offerings for sin, Thou wouldest not, neither hast pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He take it away, take away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which we, we by which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us for after that he hath said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and in their minds will I write them, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now we're, we're remission of these uh, remission of these is there is no more offering for sin. 19th verse, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiness by the blood of Jesus, listen to the 20th verse, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is, say, his flesh, 
having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifices, sacrifice for sins. But a certain fearful looking for a judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversary, he that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment suppose shall ye be through worthy who have trodden under the foot the Son of God and have counted the blood of the covenant wherewith was sanctified an unholy thing and have done despite unto the spirit of grace for we know him that have said vengeance belongeth unto me I will re recompense saith the Lord again the Lord shall judge his people it is a fearful thing to be to fall into the hands of a living God but call to remembrance the former days in which after ye were illuminated you endured a great fight of affliction partly whence ye were made a gazing stock both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly whilst became companion of them that were so used. For ye have compassion of me in my bonds, and took joyful the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have heaven a better and an enduring substance. Now the 35th verse says, I'm almost done. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. 20, 37th verse says, For yet a little while, and he have shall come, will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall not have pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. I gave you the entirety of the 10th chapter of Hebrews to share with you on the importance of our faith. Christ, Christ thought it was important enough to give his body to bring us back into relationship with Almighty God. And our job is to protect that sovereign and sanctified institution not just of the church, but a relationship between God and man on a daily basis. Now, God makes it very clear here that if we continue into sin, if we allow the iniquities, if we break our trust in our relationship with God, then there's going to be a, a recompense. There's going to be a judgment against us for that. And so I, be, I encourage you on today that we continue to walk by faith and not by sight. We are in a season and time of life that we must be bold in the things of God. We must hold fast. 23rd verse says, let us hold fast 
the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful. That promise God is basically telling us, even though you're going through some stuff right now, amen, keep the contract that has been made. The sacrifice, listen, Christ is telling me to tell you this through the Holy Ghost. He says, I, he says, my body and my blood is enough to keep us in covenant and connection no matter what you go through. Uh, glory to God. I want you to understand that I am keeping my part of the deal. Amen. God says, I have made a new contract with mankind through my body, through my blood. Hey, glory to God. I'm in, oh, let, let, let's, let's go into it before I get to preaching here. Let me show you something here. It says, it says he took away the one and began another. Glory to God. And God says, not, I'm not asking you to go back to the Garden of Eden. I'm making you another again. I made a brand new contract with mankind through the blood of Jesus Christ. We are now walking in grace. Amen. And because of the grace of God through the blood of Jesus Christ, we can walk by faith. Now, glory to God. We don't have to worry about this. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to function by our work works. Amen. The relationship is not based on my performance. It's based on my belief. It's based on my trust level. Glory to God. How many of us in this congregation, in this world, are dealing with things that we can't control, but just trusting God keeps the contract in force, and God will, amen, back us up if we trust him in an untrustable situation. God said, I have not changed my promise concerning you. The blood of Jesus has cleansed you from all unrighteousness, and as long as you walk in the belief of my sacrifice, and you remember what I was willing to give up so that we could be together again? Think about it. Jesus was willing to give up. He gave up his life so that mankind could be back with God again. He made the ultimate sacrifice so that we could have a relationship with God. We don't have to hear about God from a prophet. We don't have to hear about God from someone else. We can walk with God ourselves. One, each of us can have our own relationship. Back in the Old Testament, they they had to come to the synagogue to hear from one man's relationship that he had with God and that he would tell the other people what God was saying through him. But God broke that veil and gave every man and woman and child an opportunity to have an intimate relationship with God all to themselves. Amen. Isn't it a powerful thing that Adam broke the relationship for all mankind, but now Christ gave a relationship to each individual. So if somebody to your left runs away and falls out with God, it doesn't null and void my relationship with God. Adam calls the relationship with God to be null and void with all mankind. But Jesus' sacrifice gave each individual person an opportunity to have a relationship with God. And that's why it's important that we don't get caught up when people fail. That's why it's important that you don't lose your faith when people fall short because Jesus died for all of our sins and just because someone else falls short of the glory of God, you your relationship is not in jeopardy with God based on someone else's actions. And the church said amen. Amen. We, even though it may disappoint you that that person has fallen from grace, even though it may disappoint you that they didn't keep the word of God in their lives, that ain't got nothing to do with you. That has nothing to do with your salvation. 
Because as long as you maintain your trust with God, as long as you walk by faith and not by sight, yeah, emotionally, physically, you know, I looked up to you. I thought you were better than that. You failed. But the Bible makes it very clearly. When ye that are spiritual, you, you that understand the relationship. Can we break it down like that? And the Bible says, ye which are spiritual should encourage us. You know, you know, we don't have time to judge other people because when people fall, he said, those who understand the power of the relationship should encourage such a one. And if you are now become judge and jury on them, least you be the one that falls because let's tell the truth, amen, by any given day, we could have a struggling moment. Any given day, we could have a moment that we kind of, you know, don't keep. The relationship is pure as we should. And we need somebody to pray for us just like we pray for somebody else. But thank God that this relationship is not based on one action or misaction. This relationship is filled with repentance, with forgiveness, with restoration, with healing. I thank God that it's not like, you know, just imagine how many eggs we'd have to walk on if we were just, if we just made one mistake, then we would lose the relationship. How many of you want to be in a relationship naturally that if you, you know, that person says, if you mess up one more time, we're done. Well, we, we know what? We might as well be done right now because I'm going to mess up one more time. I'm going to do something, amen, that you ain't going to like. You know, I'm human. I'm going to do something that's, that's not going to be pleasing to you. So we might as well be done right now. Because if you don't have any more mercy for me, you don't have any more grace for me, then the relationship can't go any farther than this. Okay, I ain't getting no shout back on that one. But it's just the truth. So thank God that we are not under that kind of pressure. That God is sitting here with a microscope saying, every little thing you think, every little thing you do, if you mess up one more time, I'm going to throw you to hell. You know, some of us grew up in churches like that. You know, they, they put us in hell every Sunday. Every Sunday, boy, come on down the altar, get saved. Every Sunday, you got to get saved. Every Sunday, you got to get saved because you know you sinned. You know, if you don't get yourself right, you're going to go to hell. You're going to go to hell. You go to the movies, you're going to hell. You go to the club, you're going to hell. You drink, you're going to hell. You smoke, you're going to hell. Everything was going to hell. They talked about hell more than they talked about than heaven. Because they didn't understand the relationship wasn't based on a threat. The relationship was based on love. The relationship I have with Jesus Christ is based on love. Now yet, if I forsake him, if yes, if I deny him, yes, if I continue to breach my relationship with him, he can say, depart from me. I know you're not, you work of iniquity. Hell could be my portion if I continue to break the trust and the relationship that was given to me through the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes, I'm not going to say that some people saying grace is going to cover everything you do and you never have to, hell is off the table. No, no, hell ain't off the table. Amen. If you continue in your sin, glory to God, if you go back to your sin, if you go back to your perdition, you can find yourself in a very hot place. Amen. And so, I, I know that's not popular in this season because no one wants to think about judgment. It's amazing how our society, even our church society, nobody wants to deal with judgment. Everybody likes the message of grace. Grace is a powerful message. Amen. But there should be some accountability that comes with grace. Amen, somebody. Uh, glory to God. Amen. You know, a lot of times, you know, people say, well, you know how I am. But see, the, the, the relationship should be, it be strong enough that it causes you to, um, to, to guard yourself if you truly love a person then you, even though you may have impulses to do something, your love outweighs your impulses. 
If you say you love the relationship, then I'm going to deny myself. The Bible says, if you be my disciple, then you must deny yourself to follow me. In other words, Christ ain't really, he's not trying to hear your excuses. Because he, you know, if you really understood the price Christ, the price that Christ paid, that you can have this holy life, that you can have this new beginning, that you can have this new and living way. If you truly understand the price that was paid for our restoration, then the denying of the cigarette, the denying of the drinking, the denying of the clubbing, the denying of the fornication, the denying of the lying, the lying of the cheating, whatever your sin is, because all of us have a sin that we got to deal with, the denying of your pride, the denying of your, or your narcissism, the denying of whatever it is that causes you to be in your flesh, amen, your love and your understanding of Christ should be greater than the thing that you do naturally. And so I naturally, the things that come naturally to me, I will deny myself of those pleasures that I can maintain the relationship I want with Christ. I'm not going to, I can imagine now, I'm walking up to Sybil. I said, simple girl, I love you. I want you to be in my life. I want to marry you, but I got a problem. I got a problem. I love women. I love women too much, so, you know, every now and then, you know, I, I'm going to go slip out on you and be with another woman, but I love you. I'm going to make a home with you. I'm going to have kids with you, but I'm just going to let you know up front. I'm just trying to be honest with you. I love women, so I'm going to go ahead and have my fun every now and then. You know, when my urge hits me, I'm going to go on and hang out with this other woman, but I'm going to come home to you now. I'm going to come home. I'm going to come home after I'm done because they don't mean nothing to me. I'm going to go ahead and they don't mean nothing. It's just something I need. It's just something in me. You know, I just got to let it out every now and then and then I'm going to come back and I'll be good. And so as long as you can accept me like that, we, we good. Now, what you think she going to say? <laughs> she said, hit the road, Jack. Don't come back no more. As much as she loves me, the thing that I'm not willing to give up is the thing that's going to keep us apart. Many times, believers want God to accept the thing they're not willing to give up and say, this is how I am, God. This, you know how I am, God. No, 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 no. You have to love God more than the thing in your flesh that you love. And you have to be willing to say, look, I'm willing to not just tone down. I'm willing to give up the thing that I want to do so that I can be with you. Amen, somebody. And so sin come, becomes a choice <laughs> because we all have something in our flesh that wants to do something that's against God. And to walk with God, we have to make a conscious choice. I'm willing to give this up so that I can have this relationship with you. To think that Sybil is going to let me run around with all these women and still call her my wife is just dumb in the natural. How much crazier is that in the spirit? God said, I'll have no other gods before me. I'm not I'm a jealous God. I'm not going to let nobody else be in first position or share the position that only I should hold. Can the church say amen? And so we have to understand this new and living way. We are a monogamous group. We, we, we just have one wife, one husband. We have one God. We don't have multiple gods. Some of these folks out here got multiple gods. They got a God for the weather. They got a God for fertility. They got a God for money. They got a God for everything. No, 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 no. I don't have multiple relationships. I have, see, I'm a, I'm a one-man worshiper. I'm a one-man husband. 
I'm a one man. I got one, all my children, they have one father. They don't have multiple fathers. They don't have, amen, they don't have multiple uncles. Amen. They got one father. They know they one father. Come on, somebody. Amen. It works better that way when you have the right relationship in place. Somebody say a new and living way. Say it, say it again, a new and living way. Well, my time is just about out. I got a whole lot more to preach. Amen. But I'm not going to do all of that today. Amen. I'm going to share one more scripture with you. Let's go to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Whoo, that was a lot right there. Whoo, I hope you can swallow that one, y'all. Hallelujah. Amen. It's not about your church. It's not about the people around you. It's about your relationship. Jesus died, not that you can come to church on Sunday. Jesus died that you have a relationship with the Father. And now you have to make a decision. Do you want, do you want a relationship with him? Because when you want a relationship with him, you're willing to give up your old relationships. Well, I got this, I got this good relationship with this weed. You know, I love this weed. You know, me and this weed, we, we you know, I love my weed. I'm out, you know, folks, we in a season now, folks love weed. We back in my day, we preached against cigarettes. Now we gotta talk about weed, because weed is like a cigarette to people now. Amen. But that thing's, you know, uh, don't let me get on that, because folks, you know, weed, they, they quickly tell you, weed's legal now, weed's legal now. Amen. Anything that changes your mindset. Anything that changes your sensibilities and mentalities and decision makings, anything that shifts the way God calls you to think is a challenge. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. So, uh, uh, you know, I know a whole lot of people ain't going to talk about it because they're smoking it too, but I'm going to talk about it. All right. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4. Yeah, I'm going to throw that in there. Y'all need to stop smoking all that weed. How you smoke weed and don't pay tithes? That's what I'm trying to understand. The tithe is going to bring increase to your life. The weed is going to make you hungry. <laughs> All right. I ain't got no money to pay. No one ain't got money to pay tithes because you're buying $20. I don't know how much weed costs now. Was it, it used to be like $10 in my day. You buy a little dime bag. They call it dime bag. Hey, little dime. I don't know. Was it 20 now? 25? Was it 30? 25, 30, 30, 30 40, 40. How, much, how much bag of weed now? Anybody know what, how much bag of weed is now? Come on. Show yourself. Come on. Reveal who you are. Come on. Talk to me. All right. Hallelujah. <laughs> Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Let's go on. <laughs> Messing with somebody's weed. Lord have mercy. <sighs> marijuana. That's when some of y'all are like, what's weed? It's marijuana. Ganja. We had all kinds of words for it. It stink though. Make you smell. You smell. It's all in your blood system. Your body. It's nasty. Everybody know you smoked it. You sitting here, oh, what's up? What's up? What's matter? You, I can smell you from a mile away. People going to work smelling weed. They have this. It's terrible. It's a terrible academic. All right, we're going to move on. 424 for somebody. 23 verse says, and 20 verse says, and I'm in the fourth chapter of Ephesians. <laughs> Who we? I ain't scared of y'all. All right, twenty-third, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's very important. Be renewed. Say that with me. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. All right, let's jump up a little bit more because God wants to say a little bit more about this. Seventeen verse says, "This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds." See how important your mind is. Isn't it interesting how that weed 
changes your mind. Mm -hmm. God wants you to get your mind back. Get your mind back, weed head. Get your mind back. Get your mind back. 18 verses, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. 19, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. Lord have mercy. 20 verses, but ye have not so learned Christ. If so, be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. 22, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. So that's a decision that we have to make when you get saved or say, Lord, I want to live my life for you. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. There were things in my flesh that I prayed. I said, Lord, take this from me. And then I get an attitude when I still struggle with it. Because I wanted to put the responsibility on God. Where the scripture says, I've got to put off this. I've got to lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily besets me. I have to make a decision that this relationship with God is so important that I am willing to give up what I love to do. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, everybody wants, I mean, church people want you to think that, oh, you know, them, them sinful days of my life were terrible. Nah, man, sin was exciting. Sin was high, sin was drunk, sin was sex, sin was carrying on, sin was fighting. Sin was never boring. It's just the end thereof of sin is death. But the sin itself, it was sizzling. It was hot, y'all. We was, woo, we was having, woo, we was having, woo, we was having fun. But the end thereof is death. So while you're in it, you think you're living. But when it gets done with you, it takes you out. It's the truth. So, you know, you know, I got to make a decision. Is my relationship with God more important than this sizzle, than this excitement? Is my relationship, is my desire to be a bunch of women more important than having a relationship with Sybil for 32 years without messing with anyone else? Did the, did the flesh ever stop? Let me, can we be transparent? In 32 years, the flesh never stopped wanting to be with another woman. Let's be honest, y'all. For 32 years I've been married, the flesh never stopped wanting to be with somebody else. It never gets tired. It never stops. Is there a witness in the house? As long as you've been in church, you still have to deal with some stuff in your flesh. And every day you got to say, not today. You can't even say not this week. You got to deal with, look, I just got enough strength to deal with you just for today. I'm not doing this today. I'm not going to say this month. I'm going to say, you know what, every morning I'm going to get up, that flesh going to knock on me and say, let's go do something like this. Let's go do this. No, I ain't doing that today. Every day I got to pray, got to believe God, got to stand on the word because the relationship with God and the relationship with my family is more important than letting this monster out of its cage.
Anybody got a monster that you done had a lock up in your cage? Come on, some of y'all had that fiery temper. Some of y'all was ready to cut somebody. Soon somebody got you mad. You had to lock that monster up. You know that person that likes to argue and fight and get a, go from zero to 1,000? I ain't talking about you, Darlene. Hey, man, anybody, anybody, anybody want to get I ain't talking about you. Anybody, anybody get hot real fast and you had to keep that monster in the cage? Amen. Because you wanted to make sure you kept your relationship with God. God. But Peter is sitting at the door of everybody's soul. Peter is ready to cut somebody. Peter's ready to deny Christ. Get Peter mad enough and he'll cut you quick. And every day you got to tell Peter you ain't getting out. <laughs> every day you got to tell gluttony you ain't getting out. Because some of y'all like to eat. Every day you got to tell that shopaholic spirit you ain't getting out. I'm preaching real good right now to these chairs every day because y'all act like I ain't talking to y'all in here. Every day, you got to tell, amen, your cussing mouth. You know, some people got a cuss mouth. They, they talk better cuss than they do English. You know, every day, they got to tell that cuss mouth that you ain't getting out. Amen, because my relationship with God is more important than letting out this flesh because we all got this caged animal in us that if we let that joker out, it's going to, you know, some of us even say, you know, you know, you know one, say one more thing. And I'll put this Bible up on the shelf. And I'll say, Lord, for, yeah, you, you know you're getting ready to let the cage out. You know you're getting ready to let the, the monster out when you, say, when you say, Lord, forgive me before you even did anything. That, that, see, when you start repenting before you even did it, you, you get ready to let the monster out. <laughs> we got to go on. But see, church, we got a new and living way. We got a way to live for Christ and by Christ. The Bible says, and I got to close my time is out. 20 verse says, 20 verse of that same chapter says, but you have not so learned Christ. Glasses. If so, that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. We all got an old man. No matter how saved and how long you've been, that old man is still there. You got to put off the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. 23 says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, put away lying. Hear the word of God. You with me? 25th verse. Wherefore, put away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Listen to the 26th verse. Be angry. Come on, Peters. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. 27, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole. Oh, yeah, some people are kleptos. Some people grew up stealing. You walk in, can't go in the without stealing something. You got to keep that monster in the cage, amen? No more stealing. Tap your neighbor and say, no more stealing, no more stealing, no more stealing. Oh, y'all quiet there. All right. Let him that stole no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Listen, 29 says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. What's that mean, y'all? Interpretation, stop cussing. Stop cussing. And stop being nasty with your mouth. 
corrupt communication proceed out your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. You should be shouting right there. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. That's some powerful instruction right there, isn't it? This is, what, this is how we should be working in our new and living way. Hey, I, look, we all have a past. We all have flesh to deal with. It's, a, it's an individual choice in a corporate body. We are many, many members but one body. And each member has to make his own decision of how serious the relationship is going to be with their God. Some people are hardcore and they don't want to do anything wrong. And, you know, they're just perfect and everything. It's like having a person who has a house that's set up and nobody can sit nowhere because they don't want to change. You know, we want a, we want a house that you can live in. Amen? Amen. God gives us that grace and that mercy to be human. Amen? But we don't practice the sin and the iniquity. Amen? We have human moments and we repent, but it's not something we practice. Amen? Our desire in heart is to live before God and to honor him. Every day I love my wife and I want to bring honor to her and I want to bring honor to my children and I want to make sure they're proud of me and that they that I live a life that is honorable and that they will respect on a daily basis. I don't want anyone to ever tell them that your husband, your father did this, that, and the other because I respect the covenant and the relationship and I don't want to let them down. Now, that mean, but I ain't perfect and sometimes I have to apologize for actions and things that I've done. Glory to God. But my heart, come on, let's hear me, hear me here. But my heart is to honor the relationship. Did you hear me? We in this season need to have a heart unto God where we want to honor God even when we're not around people. Amen. The real litmus test of your relationship is when nobody's looking. Everybody lives saved on Sunday morning when everybody sees each other in church. But how are you living in the dark? How are you living when you're in a house by yourself? Amen. Do you watch, amen, CNN or do you click on Pornhub? Come on, somebody. Amen. What are you doing? Amen. Amen. Are you honoring your life before God in the secret or are you giving yourself over to your flesh? Amen. Are you letting the monster out? Some people keep their monster in in public, but they let it out in behind the door. Amen. God is behind the door too. And the relationship is important that you keep it behind the board door just as integrous as you keep it on the street. I'm done. I'm done. That's enough. I, I, I'm that's enough. That's enough. And people ain't heard hard preaching like that in a while. Ooh, that's too much. Tilt, tilt, tilt. The Holy Spirit is challenging us because we're getting ready to go into another year. We got 11 days. 11 days. Let's, me and you and us, let's clean up our minds. Let's clean up our flesh. Let's put our little monsters back into its cages. Let's, let's bring ourselves back into divine order before God. Let's get away from those gray areas of lifestyle and decisions and let's begin to walk by faith and not by sight. Let's not go into 2021 Amen. Bringing stragglers of the flesh. Let's cross over this year. Amen. By faith and with power and with, with, with a decision that my desire is to maintain the relationship I have with God. And I don't want to break it. I don't want to breach it. And I don't want to disappoint my God in this season of my life. Amen.
Thanks for tuning in to another week of PHM Experience, the podcast. This is a production of Powerhouse Ministries Incorporated, located in Smyrna, Delaware, where Bishop Duane L. Bull and Pastor Sybil Bull are our senior pastors. Tune back in for another empowering sermon, class, or midweek service experience that we know is going to bless your life. As always, come for the experience.